You're listening to Ideal Practice, episode number 32. Recently, I had the pleasure of speaking at the Pennsylvania NASW Annual Conference. It was a tremendous event, really well attended, one of the first in-person conferences that I've been to in a while, and I got to speak to a room packed with really excited clinical social workers. It was so much fun. We were talking about the seven pillars of a healthy private practice, and One of the things I was sharing with them was the importance of learning how to promote your practice, how to market, essentially. And when I give a talk like this, I love to share with them what I call magic marketing, which is a really simple little collection of relationships, just a handful of people that you need to know that can make a big difference for the success of your practice. I decided that I would share with you this encore presentation of a podcast episode I did on this very topic not that long ago. I was inspired to record this for you after a conversation I had with someone when I realized that what I often find myself teaching others to do, you need to know as well. We're going to be talking about the only five people you need to know to fill your practice. It's so much easier than you think, my friends. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Wendy Pitts-Reeves, and with over two decades of experience in the private practice world, I've built my six-figure business while learning a lot of lessons the hard way. This is the first podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of energy, alignment, and strategy to build a practice that is profit-centered, but people-forward. This is the Ideal Practice Podcast. Hey guys, it's Wendy. Welcome back. I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I love that you're showing up here for this program. I hope you're enjoying the show half as much as I'm enjoying creating this for you. I'm constantly thinking about you. Believe it or not, I've got so many ideas. Every time I turn around, I'm seeing things that I think, oh, I got to tell my people about this. And today is one of those days. I am actually recording this for you late on a Saturday night. (laughs) Because I just had uh, an interaction with someone on Facebook that I thought, I need to tell you all about this. I need to tell you because you could use this and I know it. So I wanted to hop on here and record this really quick right now before I forget. So here's the thing. In my Facebook group, a one of my members, Samantha, posted a question and she said, what am I doing wrong? I'm doing all the things I know what to do about getting clients into the door for my new counseling practice, but they're not coming. I've got a Psych Today profile. I'm networking with colleagues. I've got a website. What do I need to do? And I sent her a little personal message giving her some kind of one of my secret strategies for filling your practice quickly and easily. And after I did that, I thought, I need to come tell you guys about this. So here I am late on a Saturday night. So there you go. Here's the thing. When your practice is just getting started, you're just getting off the ground or you're doing something new, let's say you're pivoting to a new population or a new type of work, whatever it is, if you're in the place where you need clients, I'm going to tell you the first thing 
not to count on, and that is you can't just post a few things online and then sit back and wait for your phone to ring. I know you guys, most of you are hardcore introverts. You're like me. We could easily live in a treehouse and be perfectly happy. Thank you very much. So it's also really easy to hide behind our computers. But the truth is, when you need a healer, who do you turn to? Who do you turn to? When there's something wrong in your life, something hurts, whether it's something physical, something emotional, something spiritual, something in your heart hurts, something's worrying you, you don't just go anywhere for the help. You might Google it. You might turn to Yelp a little bit. You might do a little online research, but don't you also really turn to your friends, family, maybe your doctor? Who do I turn to? Where do I find help for this? I don't even know how to talk about it. So here's the thing. To fill your practice, almost no matter what kind of healing work you do, you really only need strong, healthy, live relationships with five people. Yeah, just five, y'all, just five. This is easier than you think. This isn't through your computer. These are relationships, <laughs> okay? This is real, all right? And I'm gonna tell you who those five people are, and then we'll go through them, and I'll explain what I mean about each one. They are, the five areas are someone in the ministry or in the faith, in some kind of a faith community, someone in healthcare, someone in the nonprofit arena, someone in your own industry, and a good friend. That's all you need. And (laughs) I should clarify a little bit. You also need to know and be clear about what kind of referrals you want. Who is your ideal client? Who do you want to work with? What are you passionate about? What do you love? Who do you love? What kind of work do you really want to do? What kind of referrals do you want? And what kind of referrals do you not want? So do take time to get clear about that first before you do what I'm about to tell you next, because you need to know the answer to that question before you go forward. Now, let's assume you've done that. I figured it out, Wendy. I I mean, I might change my mind later, but here's where I am today. All right. You need those five things. Someone in the ministry, faith communities, someone in healthcare, nonprofit, your own industry, and a friend. Let's go through each of those. Number one, someone in the ministry. When people are suffering, when they are dealing with depression, when they've got a marriage that's falling apart, when they're really worried about one of their kids that's in trouble, where do they often go first? A lot of times it's to their community of faith. It might be a Sunday school teacher. It might be a a pastor, a minister. It might be the youth leader of their church. I don't know. But a lot of times people are going to turn to someone in their church first. Here's what's happening in my family. I don't know even where to start to find help. Can you help? And ministers, youth leaders, volunteer coordinators, Sunday school teachers who get those calls all the time, they are starved to know who's out in the community that they can trust. Where are the professionals out there that I know, that I get, that I understand, that I know that when I send my people to them, they'll be in good hands? Who are those people? Someone in those organizations needs to know you. And it only takes one, y'all. It only takes one. Okay? 
So if you are active in a community of faith yourself, you can certainly start there, but you don't have to. You can also just look around you. What are some of the larger organizations around you that are either really active or that have a lot of, let's say, services and programs for families and kids or that do a lot around your town? Those are the kinds of organizations that are more likely to refer out. Make it your business to get to know somebody there. Here's a little side tip. They're always looking for speakers. They often need someone to come speak to their Wednesday night dinner. Their parents, after while the kids are in youth group, their, their biggest adult Sunday school class, right? It's a really great way to get your name known, to establish a contact, to get to start building your reputation, and to get referrals. All right, that's number one. Number two, someone in healthcare. For the exact same reason, when people are in trouble, what's the second place they turn to? They're doctors, right? Your minister, your doctor. Don't you do the same? <laughs> so this could absolutely be your own doctor, your primary care provider. Make sure the next time you go in for a checkup that they know that, oh, by the way, have I told you what I'm doing lately? Did, did you know that I'd opened a practice? No, really, that's really cool. Tell me all about it. If you have kids, make sure your pediatrician knows what you're doing. If you, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, an OBGYN, pediatricians, primary care doctors, internists, it can be a specialist, it can be a psychiatrist, a nurse practitioner, it can be, say, let's say you work with geriatrics in some way, maybe someone who specializes in working with that population. It doesn't really matter. All of those folks are constantly having people in their offices that they wish they could refer someone, refer out if they only knew where to send them, okay? Just this week, I was in Minnesota working with a, um, a group of therapists that I have been coaching who are starting a group practice. And one of them was telling us that she has, she's been quite surprised that her number one referral source is turning out to be her chiropractor. And she laughed when she said that. She was like, can you believe it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, I can believe it. Because that chiropractor has people in his or her office every week who have stress that either led to why they're there to begin with, or whatever brought them there is probably causing emotional or stress-related problems, right? So of course, for a chiropractor to know, oh, there's a counselor out there that I know personally, that I trust, I like her, I'm going to start sending people her way. That makes perfect sense. So make sure you have a connection, a personal connection with someone in healthcare. The third area that will lead to referrals for you that no one ever thinks about is the nonprofit world. And I didn't learn this from a book or from a class or from a course or from a coach. I learned this actually by accident. When I was starting my own group practice, I did a lot of volunteer work in my community. Part of that was because I was trying to get the word out about our practice and what we were doing. But a big part of it was just, I'm the kind of person that likes to get involved. So I did. And what I found was just by meeting people who worked in areas that I cared about, I began to be the one they called when they came across people who needed help. So, you know, I was very active with United Way. I was active with the adult education group in my town. Um, I did a lot of work for women and girls. 
And I got a certain kind of reputation that came from that work. And of course, and I served on boards, which you should do as well. I contributed in all kinds of ways. And when the other people that I got to know through that work, when they ran to a problem themselves, had something happen in their families, had a friend that was in trouble, knew or heard about somebody who needed help, who do you think they called? They called me. Because when people need help, they call somebody they know. So do you do any kind of volunteer-related work? If not, is there something that you kind of have thought about doing or would like to do? If you're trying to get your practice off the ground, I strongly encourage you to identify just one, just one really cool organization in town that you care about, that you totally could support, that is in alignment with who you are and what you care, what, what matters to you, and get involved with them. That will become a source of referrals. All right. So we've talked about the ministry. We've talked about healthcare. We've talked about nonprofit. The fourth area that you need, or first fourth person, is a colleague, someone else who does what you do. <laughs> because I don't care who you are or what kind of work you do. We all have clients that we can't serve for some reason or another, either because we're full or because they need something that is outside of our particular area of expertise, or because, well, who knows? There's lots of reasons. So make it your business to network with, connect with, get to know other people who do what you do in town. If you are in a solo practice, I get that this might be a little harder if you're all by yourself. And if you, like so many of my people, are a hardcore introvert who is quite happy, tucked behind a door. I already talked about that, right? Then yeah, it might be a little bit tougher, but make it, find a way to do it. We can talk about how, if you need help with that, I'm happy to talk about that. But you need to know who they are. They need to know who you are because you're going to have people that you need to refer out as well. So connect with a colleague. All you need is one. Let's say, let's say you're a yoga teacher who specializes in working with people who have had um, chronic physical problems like have recovering from an accident or from back surgery. Let's say that your particular area that you're passionate about is working with people who are physically recovering from something. And you have people who are coming to you who just want a basic yoga class. That's not really what you do. So that you're not really a good fit for them but you know someone who has a class like that that you love, you refer them to that person. You make sure that person knows you because they're going to have someone show up in their class who really can't do what they teach, but would be a perfect fit for you. See where I'm going with this? So your colleagues need to know who you are because guys, you need each other. And don't even get me started thinking about competition. There is no such thing. There are a lot of people in the world who need help, y'all. There's plenty of business out there for everybody. So don't think about that. Think about service, abundance, and connection. And then the last person is also one that we tend to overlook, and that is a good friend. Or for that matter, all your friends. <laughs> you will hear me say this all the time. Every conversation is a marketing conversation. Your hairstylist, your dentist, the kids at the playground when you're going for a mommy play date, if you do that. Um, the parents that you're sitting on the sidelines at the soccer game with. Your best friend. 
When you talk about what you do and you share how much you love what you do and your enthusiasm is obvious, that's going to connect with people and they're going to remember you when they know someone who needs what you do. So make sure your friends get it. Don't be afraid to talk about it, right? Because that's going to help. Your friends who love you are going to refer to you anyway, period. But they won't necessarily understand exactly what you do or what kind of referrals make sense. So you might want to spend a little extra time with that, helping them with that, okay? So does this make sense, you guys? Can you see how easy this is? All you really need are relationships with five people, one person at a community of faith, one person in the healthcare world, one person in the nonprofit world, one person in your own industry, and a good friend. And if you got two or three in those, that's fine too. But once those people, you're on their radar, they get you, they understand you, they love you, they trust you, they're going to send people your way and your practice will fill fairly quickly. All right? So don't overthink it. Don't make it more complicated than it has to be. Use what I'm teaching you and you will do just fine. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you next time. Bye now. And that, my friends, is a wrap. I'm so glad you guys are here. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are the absolute best. If you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about it, share it with a colleague, and don't forget to click subscribe because I don't want you to miss a single thing coming up. I got lots of good stuff in store for you. I hope you have an awesome week and I will see you next time. Bye now.